Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Does running away from a fight make you weak? Does watching Braveheart, riding a motorcycle, and arguing about politics make you a man? And how does a Navy SEAL respond to his own stalker? Former Navy SEAL sniper instructor Eric Davis is back to bring a fresh perspective to the topics of strength, being a man, and why it's so important that we get out there and do some warrior shit. Welcome to The New Man. Today, I've asked Navy SEAL sniper instructor Eric Davis to come back to the show. Uh, In our last interview, we mainly stuck to the principles in his book called Raising Men, Lessons Navy SEALs Learn from Their Training and Taught to Their Sons. Over the last few months, he and I have been talking regularly, and I've had the opportunity to get to know him more and learn how he's had a big impact on men, not just fathers. In the SEAL teams, he leveled up to sniper instructor and transformed the program in a way that significantly raised the quality and performance of sniper graduates. He trained SEALs that many of us might be familiar with, like uh, Chris Kyle or Marcus Luttrell. Since 2008, he's been working with entrepreneurs and executives and translating so much of what has helped him train, build, and lead strong teams into into the private sector. And now he's got an offering designed to help the rest of us raise our game in a big way this year, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. But today, Eric, I want to get your perspective on some topics that lots of guys are talking about, but few have the experiences and training to discuss with authority. So, Eric, welcome back, and thanks for talking again, man. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Trip. It's a pleasure to be back on. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, after we had our conversation last time, I got to dive more into your world, learn more about the stuff that you're doing, and, and it was just this kind of like... Look, I got to have you back because there's just too much good stuff that that I'm learning from you, and I want to I want to make sure that other guys are learning this as well. One of the things that struck out uh, that stuck out to me is this notion of strength, and um, it seems that our culture, especially guys, is getting getting into this kind of macho chest thumping thing and equating that with with strength. So many of us have been raised to believe that being strong, that quote being a man, means that we engage in the fight. We actually look for fights, and we want to we want to engage with them. Um, But I was blown away when I was reading your book and I came across the line. It says, it's only real fight training if you're taught to run away. And I want to read that again. It's only real fight training if you're taught to run away. So what the hell does that mean? How do do I make sense of that? Especially coming from a a Navy SEAL sniper. I can imagine just I've got all kinds of stories in my head about what that might mean. So clarify that. In the, you know, and in the context of manhood, it's, uh, a lot of us are really operating off of some old school systems, uh, you know, and strength is definitely a, a piece of manhood. And and for the longest time, it really used to be the only piece or or, or at least 90 percent of all that was important. Um, and now there's just so much more to it. And guys are really missing out on that on that bit. There was a time inside of our hand to hand fight training and, and, and SEAL training um, we go through certain drills and, and the result, and I can go into the drill later, but the result of this drill is you, 
you you learn how to run away from a fight. They actually train you how to run away from a fight too. They'll they'll sit you up next to somebody and they'll teach you that if you're the first one to take off, that the other guy's not going to be able to catch you. And if the third if the other guy attacks first, you're not going to be able to run away fast enough. And the reason why this is important is because although that people look at seals as tough guys, and of course they are tough guys, um, but they're mission focused. They are organized around being effective, not around being right. And so many men today are always they always want to be right. They want to win the fight. They want to win the argument. They don't want someone to disrespect them. They don't, you know, they don't want to feel a certain way that they they might feel when and when somebody treats them a certain way. But SEALs are mission focused. So if the fight or the contact has nothing to do with the mission, if the mission does not demand that we fight, we'll avoid it. And in fact, we're trained to organize around every fight as if it's going to be a fight to the death. So we would look at a potential conflict in any situation. You got to remember, we do intelligence work. We do work out in the field. We're all over the place. So we're always watching our, our, our environment and making sure that we don't engage in useless, needless conflict, really only because it's going to interrupt our ability to fulfill our mission. And that's not what we're after. All right. So this is happening on an external level. You know, there's things that I remember being in high school and there was a thing like you had to, you know, protect your your reputation where you couldn't be a pussy or anything like that. So it was like, you know, backing down from a fight wasn't a good thing. Um, and then there's also this egoic thing of having to be right. I love that. Are you going to be effective? Or are you going to be, uh, right? And, um, I, so let's, let's dive into this a bit more. What was it like hearing that? in your training to say, run away from a fight was, how does, you know, in imagining when you go out in the world, seeing that, that, uh, there might be a contrary statement. Here's the unique, I want yeah, it is unique. It's unique to SEAL training. Um, it's not necessarily, uh, something we're not familiar with, uh, but it's something that a lot of men don't get to, uh, be part of. And that's what's called experience. You, you mentioned, what was it like to hear that, to run away from a fight? here's the interesting and powerful thing is not something we heard. It was something we experienced. It's something they taught us. They had, they have a drill and I talk about this in my, in the book, but they have a drill called the box drill. And, and basically they put you in this white box in the corner of the room and say that you've got as much time as you need, but what you need to do is get from that box to that, that doorway, that doorway is your safety. The box is your safety. The doorway is your safety. And they say, ready, set, go. Before they say go, about six thugs with chains, bats, whatever. I mean, you have different kind of padding. It's not like you're getting hit on the head with a bat, but you are getting hit with these things. And it's, it's a pretty rough experience. And you dive into these six or seven things because you're like, yeah, I've been through a week of this training, you know, weeks of this training. I'm a SEAL. I'm tough. I can do all these things. And they said go. I'm not going to just sit there. I'm going to go after these guys, tear them up and get to the door. Well, of course, reality dictates that one guy is not going to tear through five other guys unless you're like in a movie. Right. So you get your ass handed to you and they push you back in the box and you sit there and you hear the instructors like they'll taunt you sometimes. They'll be like, come on, Davis, don't be a wuss, you know, whatever they're going to say. Um, and then you go and you get your ass handed to you again. And then you sit there and you just kind of look down and you're dripping sweat and you're like, oh, my gosh. And you stand up and go for it again. And again, another ass whooping um, and it happens over and over again until finally the instructors, after you've been sufficiently beaten, Start saying things like, remember, you have as much time as you need. The box is safe. The door is safe. You have as much time as you need. And you're like, okay, great. Boom, sprint. You get your ass kicked again. Mm. Um, and then another time or two goes by. And then all of a sudden, a couple of these thugs will start going away. So they're producing an experience, right, that you, that you remember, that, that sticks with you forever. They remind you that you have as much time you need in the world. And to make a long story medium... You go after it again, it gets down to two guys, maybe three guys, or they leave their weapons behind. You're like, okay, now I can take uh, anything besides a one-on-one. I want to show that I can do a one-on-two or a one-on at least one and a half, right? It's just like, like an ego something. thing. I'm going to show it. Like that, that was the language. I got to show that I can do this. It is all ego. So after all of this training, all of the things we've be become as a SEAL, we're sitting in the box and the only thing that drives us inside of this drill is ego. And it never, ever works up until the last guy, the last thug finally leaves and you look around the room and you're like, wait, and then you run for the door expecting someone to tackle you. Right. right. <laughs> and they're like, all right, you're good. You passed. You're like, what? What happened? I didn't beat anybody. They're like, yeah, that wasn't what this drill was all about. This mm. drill was about getting from the box to the door safely. And you repetitively failed over and over again. But at the end, you finally understood to wait 
Because it's like the last guy, you're like, okay, well, hold on. Maybe if I just wait a minute, this guy will leave too. And then they start relating it. Like if you're in a parking lot and someone's standing around your car, right? You don't go just go and confront them, especially if you have wife and kids or anyone else around you. One time we were in Santa Cruz, California, just coming back from camping. The back of my truck had a ton of gear in it. And we were coming off the boardwalk where they have the roller coasters. Mm -hmm. And it was cool. It was like we were at big redwood trees on the coast walking back. Mm -hmm. And I see this guy in the back of my pickup bed. And I go to turn around and put my arm around my wife and kind of and turn the group around. And we were with another couple, um, my buddy's wife, fiery redhead, my wife, fiery Italian. And they both start yelling like, hey, you motherfucker, get out of our (laughs) truck and start walking to it. And I'm like, no. And I'm trying to turn them around. They kept pushing forward. And then there was two. I, I got too close. And I'm like, OK, I grabbed my buddy Scott. And I'm like, all right, let's go talk to this guy. Because now I couldn't I couldn't get the gap between my family and whatever this guy could do. So I explained mm. to them after. I'm like, yeah, that is the right thing to do. Defend your property in a way. I go, but that's not my mission. That's the mission of the police. The, my mission is to have a good time with my family and get them home safely. And mm. I told them, well, you guys just engaged my kids, my wife, everybody in this potential threat. Like, that's not cool. We cannot ever do that again. Wow. Um, very big, different paradigm. It's, it's just a different paradigm. And I think it's a really good metaphor for life for men nowadays because they spend a bulk of their time, I think you say it best, in like these pissing matches that really have nothing to do with their mission. And not only is it getting their ass kicked and getting them in trouble, and causing, but it's slowing them down. That's yeah. my thing slows me down. Yeah, there's two things here, right? There's the one thing where if I don't, if I'm not aware of my mission in life, then I'm just going to go find conflicts. I'm going to go find these things and I can, and my ego is going to reward me for that and saying, yeah, you're doing something here. You're protecting me. You're protecting ego. But if I do have a mission, then it, then I can start to identify what's just a distraction and let it go and, and stay focused on what really matters. But I, I'm starting to get this dichotomy. I can serve the ego. I can serve the mission. Um, and just start to be, have more awareness around where one might get in the way, uh, where ego is going to get in the way of me serving the mission. And I'm just imagining as long as I'm engaged in these pissing matches, I'm never going to feel fulfilled. I might feel something in the moment where I got to be better than the other guy or I won the fight or something, but I'm not really engaged in what I'm here on this planet to do. And therefore I'm never going to feel that sense of deep satisfaction and alignment. Absolutely. It, it's just too distracting. And it does. You're, you're hitting it right on the head, Trip. It's, it's lack of purpose. It's lack of mission. And that's how you fix it. So, you know, I, I recently had a situation where I had a stalker and it was, it was pretty intense for my family. And, um, you know, people are like, for God's sakes, you're a Navy SEAL. Why don't you just kick his ass? And it's crazy because no kidding, I have an attack dog. Like I have a legitimate attack dog. I have surveillance all around my home. I, I have the training. I mean, I could really bend somebody over right? If mm-hmm. I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not my mission, right? It, 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 that slows me down from writing my next book, from doing this podcast, from from producing content that changes men's life, everything like that. You know, I have a mission, so I'm allowed, I can let things like that roll off me like water off of a duck's back, right? It just doesn't matter because I'm focused on something else. I have a big problem. I'm trying to save people's lives. It's way bigger than some idiot stalker. Yeah. So what I'm taking away from this is when we talk about strength, we look at it through the lens of what is the mission here? Instead of, I need to prove that I'm strong to myself or to somebody else, or I need to, it's, it's more like, it might sound like semantics, but it's like, I need to prove I'm not weak. And that, that just seems like the drain is I need to prove I'm not weak, whether it's financial, I need to look a certain way to other people, or I need to make sure that my wife thinks of me a certain way or whatever. But so many guys, that is their purpose. That is their mission. They are aligning most of their actions throughout the day to make sure that they don't look weak or stupid. So they talk a certain way, they, they, their, their interactions are shallow, they don't say what's really on their mind or whatever it might be, but it's all a projection of strength. Instead of what true strength is, is, is having this deep uh, awareness of what we're really here to do and then serving that as we go. Uh, I wanna, that's just a powerful, powerful distinction for guys to make. And, and that can be the start of a conversation, right? Okay, so what does real strength look like for you, the listener out there in your life? Um, and we'll, we'll get into some options for you a little later on. Um, let's talk, I think something, this dovetails into this conversation of being a man. I use that quote, being a man. Um, you told me a story recently about something that had to do with watching Braveheart and, and buying a motorcycle. What, what was that story? Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm active in church and I, you know, I try to participate in men's groups or different things like that. So, uh, you know, if, if you're in that world, you're going to get exposed to certain 
certain writers and and leaders in that world and um and, and i honor the work that they do but uh they they miss the mark there's a very popular kind of adventurous type leader in that space um and i see the the replay or the quotes of movies like braveheart you know conversations with people about you know getting a motorcycle to recapture manhood and um just come on give it to me straight what what was the thing that you heard come on you're dancing around get tell me well yeah i you know i went to i guess my point is that i honor the effort right Right. and i I don't just rip people i'm not trying to rip people apart but you know getting around with a bunch of guys watching braveheart or you know die hard and movies like that and then you know using it as metaphors to where we're missing things in our life that is like the antithesis of manhood right and i think i'm able to see that because i came from one of those movies, I suppose, in my real life. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. That's not that's mm. not being a man right there. And if you think that is, that's actually proving that you're really struggling or you're actually not one. Um, th- there's a certain kind of inspiration, right? And there's a motivation and like like listening to music to get pumped up. But, but, but by no means is that the answer. And there's this one particular interview where he's, uh, I, I'm going to botch it a little bit, but he's talking to someone's wife. And they're talking about him wanting this guy wanting to get a motorcycle. And he basically the the long story short is this conversation. It was a written paper. I read it somewhere was that he's the wife was like, oh, so I'm going to have to let him get a motorcycle. And and this leader says, yep, that's what you're going to have to do. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is going to get people killed uh, because that has nothing to do with manhood. Now, I want to be careful, like being yeah. in shape, being able to defend yourself, being going on a motorcycle adventure or skydiving. Those are pieces of man, right? That is a piece of man. And back in the day, that kind of that part of our adventurous spirit, which still needs to be cared for. I'm not saying that it does not. But that was like I said earlier, that's about all there was to it, or at least 95 percent of our role. Now that idea is antiquated, like that's just a piece of it. We have to care for that because it's part of our 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 makeup our being there is a there is a hunter fighter inside of us that is absolutely true but when people dogpile on just that part i know they're i know they're kind i know it's just bullshit like yeah. that's what we're we're just pandering to guys because guys are feeling it they're feeling the it's lacking there they're having a hard time with it and it's really kind of taking advantage of that part of a guy but there's just so much more to it um than that and it scares me when i see that that's the focal point it scares me too, as, as if there's a thing of like, oh, okay, it's time for me to be a man, quote, be a man. I, I just, when I hear that, I'm like, wow, that's like the least manly thing you can do. I, I was being interviewed by some guy one time and he was like, okay, Trip, tell me what it means to be, uh, uh, what makes an alpha male? And I was like, wow, I guess the first thing was worrying about being an alpha male is like the least alpha male thing you can do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's indicative of this mindset that something's off here. Um, and I'm curious, you talk about this antiquated version and we're stepping, I mean, it's the whole premise of the new man, right? So it's like, why do you believe so many guys are struggling with these abstract notions of manliness and manhood and they feel like they've got to catch up by, you know, reenacting a scene out of Braveheart or wearing a leather tank top and getting on a Harley? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 because it's it's left over, right? So there, there's two ways we define manhood or masculinity. You clump those two together. You know, one is historical, our our own uh, phylogeny, what they call like how we were brought up. And, you know, our grandfathers and our dads, you know, we got whatever we caught from them. Now, the thing is, well, and and the second is society's definition, right? The term masculinity, by definition, is a cultural definition of being a man. That's a problem right there because our, a culture is not a strong leader. A culture, that's like saying a herd of sheep is going to lead you somewhere. That's right. not what a culture that's right. not what a culture is for. A culture is a low-cost way to control a massive amount of people. What happens with guys is we don't train for it, right? You almost feel like, okay, if I'm going to intentionally hold the role of a man like a professional, like a boxer would hold the role of a boxer or a SEAL would hold the role of a SEAL or a sniper, a sniper, etc. Those people all train for it. They take it seriously and they train for it. They certainly don't say, okay, well, yeah, my, my grandpappy taught me how to shoot this way. Now I'm a sniper. Like, no. That's not what we do. And we certainly don't go on to, you know, Google and start internet searching how to be a man or, you know, uh, how to be a sniper or anything like that. Like you can do it to get started, to get inspiration, but you got to train for it. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is guys are just stuck in these old school systems. They got themselves too busy, 
right? They're, they're having to trade, either making money for living a good life. They're not able to do both and they're just packed in their schedule. So they're not taking the time to actually define it for themselves. They're defaulting their role as a man by what they're either dad or, or uh, society is telling them. And again, nothing against our dads. This is a different world. Yeah. My kids are the like we're the first generation of fathers of men to have to bring kids up in this hyper dynamic, hyper competitive world driven by computers and internet. The, the the problems are so much more complex. The emotions, the psychology, the philosophies that are out there is incredible compared to what our fathers and our just our one single generation ago. So we're stuck in those default roles, and they are just taking dudes out. They just don't work anymore, and. This is something I learned as a sniper instructor. If if some guy's not hitting the target, it's nothing obvious. It's always something underlying, some underlying principle or fundamental like body position or the way the wind is blowing or or the humidity or air pressure, something that they can't perceive with any they need language to perceive it. And that's what's happening to guys. They're just stuck in this old system and they don't even know it. And it's having a cost. What I'm getting is that all of this is having a, a, a huge impact on everything. That it, When you describe it, I'm starting to get that this guy has gotten into domestication. And I want to talk about that in a minute. But it's just, he's basically, like I'm getting this picture, he's just doing what he's got to do to get by. But he's not thriving. And as a result, like it, it might look like he's hitting the marks, but he's not lit up. He's not... Uh, he, he he's kind of on a on a downward slope. Not kind of. He is on a downward slope. Like it, his his uh, fire for life is going down. And the other, the, he might be able to hit the marks and kind of pull it off on the outside. But his relationships are going to be uh, harmed. You know his his uh, the relationships he has with his kids. The example he's setting for his kids. Um, his career. He's setting himself up as a to be a liability for his own career if he's not continuing to grow and and bring energy to that. So I'm just thinking of all these different scenarios that, yeah, he might look like he's he's pulling it together on the outside, but a lot of the things that we're talking about here on his philosophy, his outlook on life, having a mission. Um, and I want to get into warrior, what you call warrior spirit. I love this quote. You said, we lose our warrior spirit when we stop doing warrior shit. So what is, <laughs> clarify that. What does that mean? When we, lo- we lose our warrior spirit, when we stop doing warrior shit, what does that mean? What is domestication? Walk us through that. Yeah, so when you you mentioned the cost, you know, guys not being present to what their true role, you know, constituting their own role of manhood and living by what they decide, you know, them and the brothers around them. Um, and the cost is they start losing, they start getting beat down and they don't know why. And 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 if you've ever been in an experience, it's kind of like that box drill, like, oh my gosh, I keep getting beat, my ass kicked, and I don't know why. Like mm. they trained me to fight. I'm supposed to be whooping these guys' ass. Right. This something's going wrong. But what happens? What happens when we fail over and over again? But like we don't grow from it. We don't we don't know why it's even happening. What happens is we start losing our confidence. We start losing our courage. We start losing our sense of self. And when people like how do why are men becoming domesticated? It's not because that was that thing with that motorcycle and that idiotic story. The guy wasn't domesticated because his wife didn't let him have a motorcycle. Like, for God's sakes, a lion living inside of a house in a suburb with three kids and a minivan, that does not make the lion domesticated. Only when the lion ceases being a lion does that lion get domesticated, Mm. right? What's Mm -hmm. happening is he's getting knocked down little bit by bit by his own actions, by his own, like, ego where he's holding on to these old roles of man and that and he's breaking his own self down and it does affect his relationship and his career. You don't make a lot of money when you're becoming a lamb. You make a lot of money when you're becoming a lion, So when I look at this warrior spirit, when I think about, you know, and all this stuff, Trip, this is all like, none of this is like just pure observation. Like, hey, hey, check it out. I came out of, I was a sniper instructor. Let me tell you guys what you're doing, right? That's Mm -hmm. not what this is. I came into the same world. I left behind my role and I experienced every single one of these things. I I mean, it caught me off guard. I'm like, I can't believe these things are happening. Mm -hmm. But this thing about warrior spirit, you know, when, when you... I came, I was shooting with a, sh- a group from Surefire and we were shooting, you know, the assault rifles, handguns, speed shooting, uh, steel. And it had been a while since I'd been on a range. I actually ended up writing a paper about this thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got off the range and I just remember my senses were just heightened. Mm. And I'm not talking like people think of confidence and swagger when you can walk into a room and you identify the targets. That ain't swagger. Swagger is when you walk in or you identify the threats. Oh, geez, I said that backwards. <laughs> swagger is not when you walk in a room and just like, okay, threat, threat, threat. Swagger is when you walk in a room and you go target, target, target. 
It's hmm. a different mindset. And when we're doing warrior quote unquote shit, right? Climbing, jumping, diving, shooting, jujitsu, boxing, whatever it is. I and I don't want to this isn't contrary to what I'm saying earlier. We we are bred for these things, right? Doesn't mean we're out punching people in the face because they cut us off on the freeway, but we do need to recognize and care for these things. Because when we are doing that living for which the purpose we were bred, we're, when we're taking care of those things, we're emboldened. Mm. We attract other badass dudes around us. We have a brotherhood. And when we have that, when we think about, hey, what are we going to do this weekend? You're thinking boldly, like, hey, I'm going to go climb a mountain. I'm going to take the kids hiking. I'm going to go snowboard something big or fly an airplane or whatever, you know, whatever your yeah. version of something outside of your box is, right? It's all relative to wherever you are as a person. That's that warrior spirit. And, and what amazes me is guys work hard and they drive themselves into a hole trying to make money so that they can someday go out and do those things. And I'm like, nope, once again, you got that backwards. It's not about the old man waking up and going to work, coming home tired, kicking off his shoes, putting on a pair of shorts and watching cops on TV with his black socks on. <laughs> that's not, that's not, you know what I'm saying? Until someday you have the time to do other stuff. It's about going out, kicking ass, living a life of adventure, living a life of purpose, doing those recreation and, and hunting and fighting and working out. Those are not electives or rewards to be done after a hard day of work. Those are the things that give you the ability to work hard or to work effectively so that you're crushing it in life. It also, people got that so backwards. It's so it's just, a fundamental part that your life is a product of doing the things that that engages that powerful part of you. And then when you show up in life, you're emboldened. You, you, you will take greater risks because your life is defined by how much money did I make? And, you know, can I get home and get, you know, done with dinner and all the rest of the shit so I can watch TV and go to bed? Exactly. You spend a weekend shooting, diving, fighting, jujitsu, boxing, um, you know, free fall parachuting, you name it all and or all of it. Spend a weekend doing that. Show up Monday and Monday morning, right, what's my strategy for the week? What's my what's my business mission? See what that does to your mission. You're right. going to go from like, oh, geez, I want to make sure I do my job and get off at lunch so I can go watch fantasy football, whatever, on my app, to like, I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to find something to do that's going to save human beings on this planet. You're, you're, your perspective changes exponentially. Yeah, and the thing that I'm getting to is that a lot of guys that I talk to are drained, and they're looking at their lives, and it's basically they go to work, and they come home, and then you know they deal with whatever's happening at home. You know, even though things might look good, a lot of these guys are struggling. When you said, when you were talking about guys being beaten down, on the outside, it looks good. They have a nice house. They have the nice cars. They have the, the family and everything. They're not, uh, they're not in the streets, you know. Uh, that's not what we're talking about here. It's a lot of the guys that are, that are just kind of clunking by in second gear and, and wondering, what the hell am I doing? There's more to this. And, 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 the, and they're drained by tolerating this, this way of being. And what I'm hearing from you is like, when you, when you put this as a fundamental way of being, you would, you engage your warrior spirit and you go out and you do warrior shit that you're plugged into a vast amount of energy and sense of purpose and sense of direction. And that gets infused in everything else that you're doing. Suddenly everything else has a, has a much different quality. I, I, you know, people talk to me and they're like, Oh, I hate my job. I hate this and that. I'm like, well, go do some fun stuff. And suddenly their job and the rest of, the, of their, their lives seems to be a lot better because they're bringing energy in from other, from other angles. So, um, the picture that I'm getting here is, okay, I need an outlet. I need a way that I can go in and, and re-engage this warrior spirit. Maybe I've never done it. Maybe I've always been domesticated. Um, and I need a way for, for me to en engage that stuff and do so in a way that's constructive, that's going to that's gonna help me in everything that I care about, my, my family uh, and my career and, and just my own personal well-being. Um, I love that. And so I know you're the type of guy, I read your book and I know that you, it's, it's essential for you to get outside, to get out there, to get in the water, to get on the land and do those types of things. Just to kind of describe that to me, just like, what, what if we were to take those things away from you, what would happen? My, my older brother, um, Grant, he, uh, uh he, he's, he's like a father figure to me. He's so much more than a brother, but, uh, there's stories of when I was a kid, he'd have to sit out outside the restaurant with me uh, because I could not be brought into a restaurant as a young child because uh, I would tear the place up. <laughs> he, I was I was one of those kids on a leash of which I would make fun of a parent, except for he's like, no, no, dude, uh, you're on a leash because your ass would have been gone. <laughs> <laughs> so they called it the curse. 
in, in my family. Uh, nowadays, I think there's some idiotic term for all this called ADD or something like that, but they called it the curse back then. Hmm. And for a long time in my life, uh, if I didn't exercise that curse, if I didn't get outside, so that there's two ways to deal with it, and, and it's not, it's two halves to the whole again. There's exercise and adventure. You can't mm -hmm. do one without the other if you're truly inflicted. Uh, but, you know, ask anyone that's close to me, like, what happens to Eric if he doesn't exercise and get out and do cool stuff? And anyone who knows me would be like, oh, he'll implode. He'll burn up. Like, mm. it is not it is not going to work. And, and I always say it's a curse to a blessing because, as it turns out, um, that forced me to live a certain way. So it, there was no choice. Like, yeah, I'm going to go running. I'm going to surf. And, I'm going to go free diving. I'm going to parachute. I'm going to fly an airplane. I'm going to climb. I'm going to do something because it's got to go down that way because it, it, we're gonna, I'm going to go straight mental if I do not. Mm -hmm. Now, later in life, um, one of the beauties of being on the extreme edge of something is later in life. So I became my habits, my practices. Right. And as it turns out, those are the habits and practices that are required for success. So that's why I go, it went from a cursing to a blessing because later in life, as I started to observe other guys, as I started to train people, when I left the teams, I noticed that again, they're living small, they're lacking courage. Like they're having issues with things like that because they're not out doing those things. Now, they might not have needed those things as much as I did for my entire lifetime, but mm -hmm. those things absolutely need to be in place, right? That's the beauty of like guys in AA or like celebrate recovery at church or something like that. I'm like, you guys are actually in a way a little bit blessed because you're afflicted so hardcore that you need to be in these practices and you know it. Mm. Uh, a lot, all these other, I remember one guy, you know, one of the leaders of this group, he's like, yeah, I'm a porn addict. I'm this, that, and the other. And I looked at him afterwards. I'm like, dude, everybody, everybody has that. I go, the difference between you and everybody else, all the other men around here is they don't know that they need help. Mm. Um, yours is just bad enough. For, you know, I'm, you know yeah. what I'm getting at? So, yeah. It puts them over a threshold to actually be conscious of it and, and, and bring discipline to it instead of I can kind of coast, but I'm not going to thrive. Exactly. So I, so again, the curse to the blessing Meaning that, hey, fellas, we all need to be doing this. And, and it, what it was is as I got real successful inside of what, you know, outside of the SEAL teams, inside of the marketplace or mm. whatever you want to call it, I got real successful there and also lived a happy, healthy, you know, I'm in shape. I do cool things in life. That's when I was like, oh, that's because of this warrior spirit. It's because I'm out doing things like that. I'm daring and I'm more cognitively sharp, right? It's not people think like, oh, I don't have the time. Like, ah, bullshit. You spend two hours a day working out, getting your adventure on, getting that thing fed. You're so much more effective at work. It's not even funny because you're not vacillating. You're not wishy-washy. You're not like wringing your hands like, oh, gee, wish should I, should I make this phone call or make this business pitch or make this pivot? You're like, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah. And you're done. You know how yeah. much time you save when you just do it? it would, like when it's something, it's crazy. Or when you're not engaged in pissing matches about politics or whatever. You know, it's like you're 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 doing what really matters and and discarding the rest. Suddenly, you you, re you reclaim a ton of time and energy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean these things. Oh yeah, I, what people get spun up in sports and 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 politics. I can't even believe it. I having been on the other side, like being in no kidding top secret special access program missions. Watching the news and actually being on the mission that the news is talking about, I'm like, that is not what's going on. People, <laughs> news is a marketing machine. Look at where the news gets paid. They don't get paid for giving you information that helps you live your life better. They get paid by 409 or Windex or whatever it is they're selling on the commercial. Eyeballs, yeah. I, yeah, they're getting paid for eyeballs. And it just, it people, I see people on Facebook and like, oh my gosh, now that I read that I'm depressed, like, why the fuck are you reading that then? It right. doesn't change your life. People are so... Again, it's a weak position to be in. It's not a. It's not that lion position to be in. They're re, they're like, oh my gosh, they're going to change the rules. They're going to change the rules. I'm like, screw that. Yeah. You get so good at playing the game that they can change the rules, and it's not going to matter. And you're not going to be able to affect their rules anyways. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, people, it's yeah. People don't like to hear it from me, but well, no, I, I'm I glad you brought that up because it, it is that what I'm hearing is a proactive stance instead of uh, this is what I got to do as I just kind of sit here and take this shit in and I, and I don't feel powerful. So I get pissed off, but instead it's like, what can I be doing with my own life? And chances are that's going to have way more impact when I talk about, you know, when I actually address what is most important in my life and actually start to, to move the needle forward there. The rest of this other stuff is just going to, I'm going to start to see it as a distraction. And, uh, I think that's what's, what's sorely needed. Um, I want to, I want to dovetail into, into this program you've got, because I've been learning about it. You've been, you've been creating it. You've been working on a new ebook on some of these things that we've talked about today. Um, you know, as a guy that, that has a family now, 
um, and I really had my heads down to to be building my business over the last year. I got really excited when it when I started to hear about this adventure that you're creating and how you're blending so many so many of these different things. But it just really this lit a fire under my ass too, just like the look in my life and where I can create more of the sense of adventure and power and focus on mission and brotherhood. And so. Um, tell us a bit about what you've been working on and what you're bringing out. Uh, start a bit with, I would, I'm just interested in your perspective. You come out of the, out of the, out of the teams and you, you have this unique perspective on, on men and what's, what has us be effective in the world. Um, what are the mistakes that kind of the, the downfall, the things that we're doing that just like, it makes you smack, smack your forehead. What do you see, uh, when you look at men? talking to you really had me thinking about like narrowing these things down. And, and these are the things that affect all other areas of the world, right? But like, I, you'll always hear me talk about fundamental principles of performance. These are the underlying things that guys don't recognize. That's just wiping them out left and right. Yeah. And everybody they love, by the way, they're not alone too. When, it, when a guy lets himself get wiped out, when he works too hard, when he's not taking care of himself, like, by the way, you're taking your kids, your wife, your spouse, your buddies, your friends, your people at church, everyone's going with you. So it's just not a cool thing to do. But here's here's the here's the four things. I got I got them narrowed down to four things. Okay. One, one we talked about it. Manhood lost that antiquated, unevolved operating system that we got from our fathers or grandfathers, or we're attaching to things we're reading online or, or the definition of manhood as the culture sees it. Right? If it's massive popular culture, it's that you know that's not the way to go. And what I'm getting to there is, um what guys need to be doing is they need to be defining that. Like, think about that as a role. Think about just like an engine in your car, right? There's a piece, there's a piece of an engine in your car and it has multiple purposes and it's supposed to be doing and, and you need to keep it in shape. You need to keep it oiled. You need to do whatever you need to do to make sure that thing's running. Um, guys don't even do that in their own life. They don't even understand like what are the elements of concern that a man has to care for. Like prove it. I ask guys, prove it to me. Show me where you at least wrote, tell me where it was important enough to write it down like a, a football play on a high school field. Just show me the recipe, mm. right? So guys haven't defined it. They don't, and they certainly don't evolve it. If, the, if you're going to go compete making chocolate chip cookies, sure as hell you would have a chocolate chip cookie recipe Right. And if you didn't win at that competition, you'd go to your written recipe and tweak it, rewrite it and do it again. Think about that. Guys are trying to be a man, a father, a leader, a spouse without even having written it down. Mm. So they've lost manhood because they're just letting it bounce around with their learning. The other thing is they're on the weakest mission possible. And this ruffles feathers all the time. But when I hear that a guy, when I ask a guy, what is it you're after? And they, they tell me freedom. I'm like, oh, man. If someone tells me freedom is what they're after, I know they've lost all personal power. They've lost all, all their internal ability or at least their perceived ability to do anything because freedom is the dream of a prisoner or an animal at the zoo. We're already free. People died for our freedom. You can do whatever it is you want. Guys kind of squirrel into this, like they hide out behind this freedom thing. And it, yes, freedom is good, but we're free already to do it. And that kills the mission. Mm. Right. There's nothing inspirational about being free. That's just an open locked gate and a patch of dirt. It's also right? an I, excuse, right? I can, oh, well, it, I can't because I can't go do what I'm really on this planet to do because of X, Y, Z. We, 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 we create our, well, we create a victim mentality, right? Like, the, oh no, I can't do it. I'm powerless to do it because of these external things. Poor me. But really what I'm hearing you say is screw that. Recognize that you're already free and you're just not making the choice. Is that right? Yeah, you got it. One of the other mistakes is I, I call it they're no longer playing the hero, but you, you, you said it when you said victim. They're hiding behind this freedom thing, and what they're doing is they're looking at all the roles in their life, right? All these things that they're, they started off desiring to be the hero, like I'm going to be the hero and the wife of my, li my life. I'm going to be the hero of the life of my spouses, my kids, my, my brothers at church, my brothers in the neighborhood at work. I'm going to be the hero, and then what happens is they let those roles take them. They start to slip. They start to struggle. They let the unknown things take them out. Then all of a sudden, those roles, even owning a dog, they become a victim of having to walk that mangy thing. Every, You know what I mean? They shift from being cause in all of these relationships and roles to now being victimized by it. Like, oh, gee whiz, I'd buy a motorcycle if my wife would let me. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah. It is insane. You do not, yes, you confer with your wife because you're a powerful man and she's your partner, but you never have to confer with her about being a man. That's what she married you for. So- that victim mentality and that you can hear it when someone wants to be free. I'm like, dude, you're already free, dude. Quit being, a, you know, come on. Don't yeah. be, a, it's just like, let's go, dude. Let, yeah. Give me a mission I can get fired up about. Like, who are you going to save on this planet? 
what are you going to do? How are you going to help others? So you're already free. Own it. You got Step it. into it. Okay, cool. Other mistake, no brotherhood around them, around them, right? We're pack animals. There is this culture of do-it-yourself DIY. That is the most ridiculous bullshit I've ever seen there too. We are meant to hunt and work in packs. Yeah, you can learn to be a little self-sufficient so you can contribute to the pack, but not so that you can leave the pack. Because when we do, we start to chase our tail, mm. right? We don't have that adventurous spirit. We don't take chances. We don't do anything. I was just surfing with my buddy and there's this reef break out in the ocean, Pacific Ocean, and the waves are kicking up and you can see this break out off, you know, off the coast. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, you want to paddle out there and check it out? And I was like, no, like it's scary. It's far away. I mean, I'm a seal for God's sakes. And I'm like, dude, that looks like a bad idea. But because I was with my brother, my pack, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And sure enough, I paddled out there and I surfed a reef I've been wanting to surf for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Out in the middle of the ocean, I surfed it. That's because he was around me. But it doesn't only affect our like our life. Our, our, that's where our happiness comes from. That's where our play. That's where our adventure. But that's where our bold moves come from. Right. That's when you sit down. When I left my corporate world and started becoming a writer, it was because I sat down with a brother, a buddy of mine named Justin, and he said, Dude, you got this, man. I've never heard stuff like this before. Go mm. do it. I never would have done that. I need somebody to look across the rock face and be like, Man, if he's here telling me to go for it, I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And there's the other part of that when you have your brothers, when you have people around, uh, it takes the pressure off of your spouse to, to not have to be your best friend. I you know so many guys that they kind of just put all that pressure back on their spouse. And it's like, man, how is she supposed to be all of these things? Um, I know that when I'm really clicking in with my brothers, that my marriage is thriving as a result. And and some people are scared, like, well, I don't have the time. I've got to put more time into my marriage. And it's like, I think quality versus quantity. Um, I'm, yeah, I, my wife is usually the one telling me like, you need some bro time. It's time for you to call up your guys and get on the plane and go get some, you know, whatever, go, go create an adventure because she just knows I'm way better as a spouse to her, as a partner. Oh, <laughs> Again, like like I'm saying, this isn't this is just stuff I just observe. It's all stuff I live. When I when I left the teams, my wife would say, "Let's go play Navy. Why don't you leave for six months?" <laughs> and this is no joke. This is no joke. She literally called the reserve recruiter and tried to reenlist me back in the SEAL reserves. She's like, "I tried to get you back, but they said you're too old or something." I'm like, I'm like "What did you do?" But, but it's no kidding, man, because I secluded myself, too. You know, I was trying to kill it in business. There's a whole yeah. new world. I got out in 2008. I'm not making excuses, but I'm like, man, I got my ass kicked at first. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I'm like, I thought I was going to get paid a lot of money for having to been a SEAL one day. But that was <laughs> like, turns out nobody cares. You got to make money to yeah. have it. But yeah, I do it all. I do that. I do that all the time to my wife. I'm like, oh, what do you think about this, honey? Whoa, what do you think about this? Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Hey, can I talk to you about this? Like, babe, I really need you to talk to me about this. And she's like, go. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, people <laughs> have plenty of time for their marriage. They just need to take time that time out of their marriage. And like you said, that's that's a co- conversations for your brothers. Yeah, you 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 talk to your wife a little bit about those things, but it's like get off her back. Yeah. Like God, you you want to talk about not showing up like a man? And think about all the relationship issues like sex and intimacy and everything like that. Be like, yeah, if you'd show up with some stubble on your face, fresh from getting your ass kicked at work or out on the mountain because you took a chance and did something badass, like, yeah, I'd want to have sex with you. But you're sitting here whining to me about having to walk the dog or your commute being too long. She's like, shut the hell up. Get out of the garage. Do something. Yeah, there's so many roles, right? It's like, well, really, what's the only one that she can hold? And for me, that's lover right? Like we're, we're partners in so many ways and we co-parent together and all of that kind of stuff. But I know that if I start to, the more roles I stack onto that, the more it waters down lover. And then, yeah, it impacts that. Like, why would she want to have sex with me if we've been talking about something else over here all day? And it's just completely demolishes the polarity and, and the zing that we have between each other. But if I can go get those needs met elsewhere and then I come back, man, zing, wow, there it is. There's that, there's that, that uh, powerful polarity that we both enjoy. And that's why we got together uh, to ultimately is to share that, share that part of our relationship. So, all right. So having the, having the brothers there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. (laughs) Tell her her new job. Yeah. Yeah. Just to really like really focus in on that. It's like, Oh, well this is why it's not working. We just watered it down with all these other things. It might have to start to strip some things back. I mean, for me and my wife, we could easily teach courses and stuff together, but we both know it's like what that would do to our relationship. And I just, it's not worth it. I'd rather keep things clean in that area and have space for us to, to play. So, all right, uh, keep going. What's next? 
So uh, yeah, those, are the, those are the four core things, right? Losing the manhood, not on a powerful miss- mission, no brothers around them, and they're, they're not playing the hero in their life. So I, I, I necked it down to those four things. And then from there, um, and again, I've spent weeks now, actually almost a month working this kind of manifesto, this ebook I've been working on. But from there, I came up with five ways to break those mistakes, right? It's not it's not about not doing those mistakes. It's about doing something else that has those mistakes show up. So that's that was the transition. That was the progression of what I've been working on is the solutions to all that. Okay, got it. And now you're creating a group. You've actually put something together. Give us a high level of that. What are you What are you going to be doing this year with with uh, with a select group of guys? So this is an extension of my again my experience in life. You know, when I broke out year you know three plus years ago from the corporate COO type role I was in. To become a writer, I uh, I had pretty you know quick successes you know that not I wouldn't say overnight but compared to most like like I, I nailed that one pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't come without its pain and you know don't don't get me wrong. Um, but one of the things I, I I realized is I'm like I'm not really that great of a writer necessarily. But why the books sell so well and they hit best selling list in my blogs and things like that is because what what I do write about is I'm writing about my personal experiences and the experience with others about moving from where we are to performing beyond our perceived limits. And I got started with that and it was easy. You get hundreds of thousands of people following you online and buying your books. But what happens is, or what I allowed to happen, not what happens, see, there's the victim mentality of myself right there. What I allowed to happen is I allowed some seclusion. Um, I, I, I was working hard in my little hole writing all the mm-hmm. time and it started going flat. My life, my writing and everything. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I don't feel... When I'm writing, I I don't feel like I'm writing anything new or what's happening. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing life with people. Mm. I'm not one on one in the trenches because that's what made the writing pop. It's like, okay, you know, I'm work working with a guy about quitting porn, right? He made that choice that it's not going to be good for him in his life. I'm like, all right, the cool stuff we've done, like, hey, I'm going to donate to a, a a foundation to support pedophilia or something like that. If you don't quit, I mm. mean, gnarly, you know, we're doing these radical mm-hmm. things. Like, how do we really get this thing done? How do I incentivize you? Uh-huh. But that kind of stuff only happens from being in the trenches. So this year for the first time and now what it's now been three years, I'm going to produce a, a not a one on one, but a, a one to just seven guy relationship. I'm going to take I'm going to call a, it's called a strategic training group. And what I'm going to do is journey over the next year with these men, seven men and we're going to constitute the role of what a true hero is. I, I call it like this, this ebook's called The Habits of Heroes, but like what a true hero is in today's world. We're going to constitute that for themselves, like what it is to be a man, right? We're going to produce powerful missions. Like we're going to work together on, on you know, virtual meetings and we're, we're going to get clarity on where they're at and what's called their own hero's journey. Like there's an amazing outline uh, written by a guy named Joseph Campbell. When you watch movies, you'll see hero's journey. And that's why we love movies, not because... The movies have the hero's journey, but our own life, it's part of psychological development. So we'll see where they're stuck. We'll see the adventure they need to go on. We'll see the areas that they need to go take risks. And then we're going to do it inside of a brotherhood. And then we're going to do some cool warrior warrior spirit type stuff because that's where the juice is going to come from. That's where the fire is going to come from. So the first time in years, I'm going to do that. And I'm, I'm actually going to write the book based off of our experiences. And I'll put this on the blog, our trials and failures. And we're going to impact the lives of others, me and these seven guys are going to make a massive impact that on sounds, the world. That sounds very cool. I got a big smile on my face. I love hearing about this. Uh, and I love how you're going to integrate the warrior stuff, like getting out there and and mixing it up. You, you want to bring in some elements of playing, getting in the water, uh, maybe falling out of a perfectly good airplane and, and getting out there on the land. Um, the things that have us feel alive and reconnect with that part of us that it, just where there's so much more possible there. Uh, and then the consistent elements of being in brotherhood and and working with one another it's not just some big weekend where you have this you know amazing peak experience and then you go back to your life it's it's a combination of both where you have that consistent fundamental uh uh support system there and then these these powerful uh experiences to to, uh to connect it all together yeah, I love the term. Um, we got to stop trying and start start training for it. Like so many guys dip their toe into manhood or personal development, and I, you know, I've seen Excel spreadsheets full of books that someone's going to read over the year. That's good. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm yeah. like, dude, that's not. Um, that's entertainment, man. That's a you know, you're that's a hobbyist approach. 
to being a man or being the hero in your life and the lives of others. Like we're going to no kidding train for it. Yeah. We're going to be on, you know, consistent phone calls and we're going to train for it. Then we're going to do those events. Like you said, I, I use the SEAL acronym, Sea, Air, Land. Um, SEAL's got a lot of attention right now because of our mission success and some other things we're bringing to the table as far as leadership and performance. And again, at its core, you spend time with other dudes doing things like falling out of an airplane or flying the airplane or whatever's your boat, diving in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Your perspective changes, man. Your paradigm changes. And it's not, this isn't some wishy-washy like who y'all beat a drum and, you know, like get our manhood back stuff. Like this is what we were bred for. This is what we were built for. We're supposed to hunt and, hunt and fight and be on adventures. That's like back in the Savannah, like we're going to re reconnect with that. So that way our spirit, our soul is driving our adventure uh, rather than our checkbook or what society says. Beautiful. Okay. Tell us about, uh, where do we go? If I want more information about this, where do I go to learn more? So yeah, I put, I, so I made this ebook. I'm just finishing the last little edits right now. So by the time that, you know, people are hearing this, they can find it right on my site, which is Eric Davis 215. So it's Eric with the C Davis 215. 215 is my buds class number which is SEAL training, and there's too many Eric Davises in the world. So ericdavis215.com, and right on the front, you'll see something. It's going to be like, you know, slap your email in here, download this ebook, and you'll get this ebook where I'm talking about these four mistakes I'm seeing dudes made. You read about breaking those mistakes. Read about those solutions in there, and then it talks about the strategic group and what I'm doing to change that in the lives of seven other guys and myself uh, whether I ever talk to you or hear from anyone again, once they read this, it can serve as like a light blueprint to get them started in some really effective actions in their life. Um, whether we talk again or not, I appreciate how, you know, I don't mean to make fun of it, but it's easy to criticize. It's easy to play the sniper and stand up and say, here's where guys are screwing up and not getting it right. I appreciate that you're putting this document together and say, look, here are the problems. Here are the things that I make, you know, the, the mistakes that I make here, are the mistakes I see others making, offer some solutions in there and then go the step further to offer a program to say, look, I'm going to put this all together. Let's just, let's just line it up and let's make it happen. So I like that you're, you're getting out of this you know, easy, easy, critical space and just get in there and get into action and, and walk in the talk force. So thank you so much, Eric Davis, 215.com to get more information about this. Um, thank you so much, my man. This has been really fun. Yeah. Thank you. I enjoy it, Trip, and always a pleasure to be on the show. And thanks for letting me get this word out even more. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit the new man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.